Welcome to the Q4 special sales-focused episode produced by the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, and Spotify. We call this Selling on Main Street. Today, you will hear directly from Alec Drake as president of Drake Media Group, a content creation and sales consulting company. Alec is on a mission to share his unique perspective on best practices to enhance sales performance, to drive revenue. His company offers a range of expertise, including sales operations, uh, team and individual coaching, yield and revenue management strategies, and sales content marketing. He is a regular contributor and writer to Radio Inc. magazine on sales management and offers insights in his free sales success library at alecdrake.com. We have planned a roundtable for you on this episode, as we do with each of our special sales episodes, because we want to bring you proven ideas from leading radio sellers and managers. We will cover sales and revenue-related strategies, promoting actionable ideas happening right now in local markets. If you've not spent time with us or haven't experienced one of our sales podcast episodes, you might ask, why is a branding consultant doing all this sales-related strategy and encouragement? It's pretty simple. Become a client and you'll certainly find out. But if you need to know more right now or at any time, you can always check in at RainmakerPathway.com. Today, there is a twist on this podcast episode as we move from the management view to hearing two highly experienced marketing specialists, sellers on the ground in local markets. They're going to share strategies, their strategies for success in working with clients faced with complex media choices. Our roundtable guests are Carlene Swenson with Cumulus Media in Dallas, and Jim Ferris from Odyssey in Greensboro, North Carolina. You'll notice the divergence in those size markets, the kind of markets they are, where they're located. And of course, we're excited to tell you more about them and let you meet them in just a few minutes. Today's podcast, The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, is our fourth sales-focused quarterly show this year. We thank Joe Kelly for producing our podcast and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We help local broadcasters make more money. That's our deal, and we do it by being affordable programming and branding partner who can fully develop the correct position for your brand or brands to collect the most revenue in your market, coach your morning show and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce your daily music logs if you need that, provide excellent voice trackers, and get this, sales and promotional ideas that move the ratings and revenue needles and even more. We're confidential and market exclusive for radio. Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Today is about helping everyone in radio sales develop more revenue as we close in on the year's final quarter. I always love this part where I bring in my collaborator and sales expert in his own right and co-host. And look, this is really our free on-demand quarterly sales conference, and I just couldn't do it without this fellow. How are you, Alec? 
Uh, Lloyd, I am great. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join you again on the Encouragers for this unique and special show, Selling on Main Street. Uh, we will hear firsthand from our frontline experts how they have adapted, remained successful in a very complex sales environment, their strategies to retain customers, how they continue to expand a toolkit of solutions, and their plans for 2023. I love this part, Alec. We love to hit the ground running. So let's introduce our special guest for today's show. Absolutely. Uh, Carlene Swenson started her radio sales career in 1983 with Bonneville 92.5 KAFM and 1310 KAAM in Dallas-Fort Worth. In 1995, she joined the Susquehanna cluster of marquee radio stations, dominating country, sports, and talk formats. She was one of the first job shares in the country, working in tandem with another account executive. Currently, Carlene is a senior brand strategist with Cumulus Media in Dallas, while she works within DFW and nationally with agencies and their clients. She prefers to specialize in direct sales. She really enjoys consulting business owners, marketing directors, and CEOs. Under her marketing trademark of driving ideas to action, Carlene embraced digital earlier than her counterparts, getting her Google and third-party certifications to help support her creative approach to marketing as a sum of all the parts. Carlene is constantly recognized and appreciated as a top performer in her company by her clients and peers in the marketplace. And we are excited to have Carlene with us tonight. Our, our second special guest, Jim Ferris, uh, broke into radio in 1984 as a sports and news director with part-time sales responsibilities at KGVL in Greenville, Texas. That sounds appropriate. In 1986, he moved to KTYL in Tyler, Texas, as a sportscaster doing play-by-play -play and continuing to sell advertising. Jim was promoted in 1988 into management. He relocated as a GM to Tupelo, Mississippi. Over three decades, his sales career has placed him in as a GSM, a DOS, and GM in markets such as Melbourne, Florida, Amarillo, Texas, Springfield, Missouri, Asheville, North Carolina, Nashville, Tennessee, and Kansas City, Missouri. Jim joined Alec Drake, surprise, surprise, at the ticket in Dallas in 2015 as a senior AE before sinking in roots. And of course, then he took a position as GSM for the Odyssey cluster in Greensboro, North Carolina. Last year, Jim transitioned to a senior account executive role and loves working daily on the front lines with his valued clients. Jim's experience across multiple markets and in various management positions gives him a unique perspective on selling and customer engagement. Let's kick off the discussion, get right to it with our first question for Carlene. Everyone on this podcast episode has seen tremendous changes in both programming and sales in the radio business. In sales, the focus has evolved based on content changes and competition for advertising dollars. How have you 
adapted your approach and ability to continue your success in sales. Well, first, I want to say hello to Alec, Jim, and Lloyd. You are so right. There is there's a lot of traffic right now on Main Street, and by that I mean, you know, advertisers have so many marketing options. Literally, hundreds being thrown at them versus several. So, I think the key here is focus. So, it's my job to stay focused and always be a marketing consultant first, and that means focusing on the client, on the business. What are their goals? What are they trying to accomplish short-term and long-term? And in my introduction, Alec mentioned my mantra, marketing is the sum of all the parts. So it's so important to know everything your client is doing to secure customers, keep customers, make sales. Very similar, just like we all are. So helping an advertiser, in essence, I say I'm going to work for them, going to work for the success. It's my job to help them understand the options that are available to them, really what's feasible within their budget, what makes the most sense, again, short and long term. So my conversations are more about the goals, not the products. And I've adapted by not ignoring the fact that my client is getting hit daily with demand for his ad dollars. I think it's imperative that you realize if you don't have relevancy, if you don't have value, someone else is quickly gonna swoop in and take that from you. So I've gotta bring a whole lot more than just, I've got some ads for sale. Um, So I just mentioned that I go to work for a client success. I take that very, very seriously. Like literally I do sweat the small stuff. Maybe that's one of the things that I can work on just a little bit better, but to to really summarize, how have I adapted? It's by being first and foremost focused on the client. It's about them. It's not about the products that we have. It's about what we can offer once we understand what their goals are. Well, I tell you, I don't. I, I, the pressure is going to be on on this episode because that I don't know how you have a better answer than that, Jim. You have worked as a manager and a senior account executive. Based on these changes in responsibility over the years, what did you do to adapt to each of these roles? Well, first of all, yeah, that that's quite a. Uh... That's a hard act to follow there. Uh, Carlene made some really great points, and uh, and I, I couldn't agree more. I, I did want to just say again, hello to everyone, and, and uh, thanks for having me on the program today. I love the idea exchange. I, I'd say first, my experience on moving back into a sales position is to really do your homework um, in tackling your list researching every one of your accounts, your potential accounts and your new leads, the amount of information you can glean now from their websites, press releases, research on their specific industry, and even the use of third-party data like services like Sales Genie, where you can get more information. I think that's critical and something that, of course, we all did not have years ago. And then it's setting up CNAs with all those folks. And I think with all of that homework you've done, the amount of credibility you can bring to the table, as well as asking better questions due to your knowledge base is very helpful in developing trust with a person you're sitting across the desk from or on a Zoom call with. Uh, you look like a problem solver instead of just their new account rep. And then I'd say 
On the other side of the spectrum, now I have found that moving from sales back into management was probably an easier process or at least a more simple one. Though I was always a, a hands-on manager before and knew a lot about the top accounts, you do tend to have a more global vision for the accounts and your overall expectations for them. You know, in that case, the emphasis shifts to having good systems in place to, to measure performance of the specific members of your team so you can focus on the areas that need improvement and coach and inspire them individually, or more importantly, to assist them in making those discoveries on their own and growing their own career. Well, Jim, a uh, great answer. And Lloyd, as you pointed out, I think we're going to have a great show tonight with uh, our two roundtable guests. Let's talk about strategies to retain customers. Uh, a general rule in radio sales is that you'll have hmm, 15 to 20% turnover in active clients each year. So for example, some turnover is beyond your control due to changing circumstances with a business model or ownership. Some clients are seasonal and event-driven and, and some do not return. Occasionally, stations make changes that disrupt business relationships like format changes, personality moves, or company procedures. Uh, Jim, in your client-focused efforts in sales, what have you found to work best for you as a plan to retain clients year after year? Well, for me, it's continually seeding the accounts with information on their industry trends uh, and ask continually what they're seeing. In other words, really, again, continuing to do the homework, if you will. I think this is especially true for annuals because it's a real temptation to take shortcuts with as busy as we all are to just say, okay, I'm going to leave the clients alone. You know, yeah, we'll do the copy changes, et cetera. Um, and not upset the apple cart, so to speak. Well, you know, if you, if you do that too much, the apple cart <laughs> will be on top of you pretty quickly. Um, you know, I think there are accounts that don't want that much touch, but I think the majority do. And the great thing, which we, we now have, with these digital platforms being such a big part of what we sell these days and the vehicles that we have like audience analytics that can tell us how well the commercials are doing in reference to website visits, all of that makes a monthly recap meeting a necessity. And it gives us an opportunity to catch issues before they become real problems instead of, so how did it go? Not good. And then it's too late. <laughs> That's exactly right. Carlene, look, you have customers that have literally been with you for many years. How have you kept them really engaged with you and your stations? And a follow-up, for those newer clients, what steps do you take to make sure there's a long-term potential? Uh, well, first, I, I am, Lloyd, I am really fortunate to have, in terms of retaining clients, great products, great stations. You know, we have great hosts, great content. I have great leaders. And I have really, really great clients. So I, I guess I have the, the ability to um, adapt as I've worked with these clients for a very long time. And I have to tell you that I start out by treating each customer as an individual. So um, generally speaking, I wanna keep them engaged by you know, touching them as often as possible with relevant information, whether it's about their category, about a competitor. So 
from the moment I start working with someone, and by the way, I could literally start working with someone two years before dollars are ever recognized. So, you know, that's maybe one of the things that we haven't touched on, but, you know, what is a client? So for me, a client is someone that I want to establish a relationship with, and that relationship can be going on um, in order for me to establish my value before they're comfortable doing business could be 90 days, could be 30 days, it could be two years. So I am letting them know that I am here for the long haul, so to speak. And there's many ways that you can establish value, but I'm gonna tell you probably one of the first ways, it's so easy and it's the best way, is to be responsive and to anticipate some things that might come up. So answer something before it even becomes a question. Don't make somebody wait six hours to respond to an email. And Jim kind of touched on this. Once you're currently working with a customer, you don't want to check in and, you know, maybe see if they want to change their copy. You want to be presenting ideas. You want to have an entire year-long plan for creative ideas. And once a client is established and on the station, you know, it, it could be a matter of let's getting them involved with another station. Let's expand their platform a little bit. Let's have them look at an event. Do they want to look at some sponsorships? And when I had mentioned earlier that I treat each client as an individual, look, there are some clients, they want to be part of everything. They want to know everything. Others want to absolutely establish trust with you, and then be completely hands-off. So not every client is treated the same way in terms of how they're worked with. So I wanna know my client on a professional level. I wanna be responsive, which I want you to think about this for just a moment. If you, I don't know, needed a new air conditioning unit and you contacted an air conditioning company and one called you back and said, We'll email you a bid. How big is your house? How many units do you currently have? The next one said, um, we're really busy right now. We'll have someone call you back within 24 to 48 hours. And the third one said, thank you so much for reaching out to us. We want to find out what's important to you. Do you have different rooms that you want cooler? Are there any problems with it? Meaning they started asking questions. And so they have established the value. You may still go ahead and get those three bids. And even if that third that third HVAC company is more expensive, I believe if you see value, as I believe that my clients see in me, I think you are starting off on a great business relationship. And I will tell you that I... I tell my clients we're going to have a beginning and a middle and that middle is going to continue because I don't want to get to the end. Ooh, ooh. I always say that people never talk about price when they see the value is more. You just Absolutely. heard two, you just heard two expert sellers talk about relationships, being responsive and not taking the temptation of taking shortcuts. You are listening to Selling on Main Street, our exclusive Q4 radio sales event and episode designed to encourage you and share ideas and strategies so your sales team can increase your revenues in the final quarter of this year. I'm Lloyd Ford from Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Work. Works on the encouragers 
We are about encouraging radio pros at all levels. Today, Alec Drake and I are focused on Q4 and plans for 2023. As you can see, we're armed with great guests in actual fields of, of work today. They're in the field, no question. On our roundtable, we have Carlene Swenson from Cumulus Media in Dallas, Jim Ferris from Odyssey and their cluster in Greensboro, North Carolina. Let's shift gears and let's talk about the ever-expanding toolkit of solutions radio can provide to clients and to prospects. This question is for both of you today. There is more focus on digital as it represents anywhere between 15 and 50% of a media company's revenues. What was your experience as you moved into selling digital at the beginning? And what did you learn from that shift? And a follow-up question, how are you navigating investment options for your clients today? So um, I think I'll start here. Um, I have to tell you, it's interesting because while many of my clients are so comfortable and familiar with radio and they, they really enjoyed being part of it, they didn't want to admit that digital was a real unknown for them. And a typical answer was, I got a guy doing that. I'm covered. So really, initially, the hardest part was just having the conversation because it was something that they weren't comfortable with talking about. So very quickly, I think we as an industry have made digital too difficult. And I'll tell you that when we all talk about radio and in essence selling radio, we don't explain to them that, you know, we write up an order and then it goes to traffic and then the commercials get assigned at different times. And then a board operator sits in a studio and at a given moment um, he deploys, you know, digital transmission to launch the commercial. And we, we don't make it that com complicated, We but they know that their commercial is going to play. So one, I think we made digital too complicated. And I wanted to kind of take away the secrecy of digital. It's a marketing tool. What is radio? It's a marketing tool. So um, I found out that a lot of my clients were also spending a lot of money and not knowing if they were getting what they were supposed to. So I embraced digital and knew that if there was going to be a conversation, I wanted to be part of it. And um, I've never had to explain the technical aspect of digital, and I don't want to intimidate a customer. So I think by making this easy to understand for my customers, again, going back to what are their goals, what are their objectives, they came on board. And I will tell you that I don't have kind of a blanket, you know, 20% of every budget should be digital or 30%. I really think it's customized and that really applies to all of my marketing tactics. And there are so many nuances with radio, whether someone takes a look at multiple stations, huge frequency across multiple properties or honing in on drive times only, you know, just like we get very specific with radio, we do the same with digital. And um, I, I love, love that clients now can work with us and really get so many aspects of their marketing taken care of. I am doing things from a digital perspective that I never imagined I'd be doing, you know, storyboarding, putting creative together, 
getting audio, video, going out to clients' locations, shooting video, creating banners, um, having them do podcast advertising. There's so many things that are available. And I, I think because I love it and I have earned their trust, they, they are willing to have the conversation with us and listen to what we have to offer. So I think it's a really exciting time, no matter what the strategy or what the product is. Very well said. And, you know, Carlene, I would agree. We have made it difficult. And it's just, I, I'm amazed today because we've been in this world for, for quite a while as far as digital has been a part of what we do for so long now that it's kind of hard to be, to remember those those points in time where um, I, I realized, you know, the power that it had. And also, I to this day, in talking to clients, many of whom really are, are still not uh, readily knowledgeable about what, uh, you know, what there is out there that they can uh, be excited about and what can work for them. You know, there were a few things that jumped out uh, at me from the get-go that made sense for my clients when I saw specific successes from my counterparts' clients with a particular tactic or strategy. That excited me to go to my folks with that. I'll just use display as an example. When I pulled into the parking lot of the Mexican restaurant lead I was seeing, and then about 24 hours later received a Chipotle ad, I could now give real life versions of how geofencing worked. And so as I look back on that time, it really gave me that storytelling ability uh, to really walk somebody through digital in a way that is not going to be threatening to them. Uh, I think the best salespeople have always been great storytellers and this plays to our strength when we look for client buy-in. And frankly, with so many different digital options to sell, I think you sometimes have to focus on three or four to really make them work for your client and then assimilate other things as it makes sense. But every client is different. And I just try very much to not go in with real preconceived notions about what they're gonna want to do because I'm constantly surprised by that. I mean, in a perfect world, you want your clients to utilize both on air and digital and build on each success rather than replace one with another. But I got to say, it's whatever works for them and whatever I feel good about presenting to them. And, and then I'll, over time, I sell myself with the results they receive. So, you know, if you keep your clients interested at heart, whether radio or digital, you'll do the right thing for them. Well, uh, you're both echoing a couple of really key points. One, it comes down to what is in the best interest of the client. And secondly, the ability to incorporate digital kind of into the mainstream of your conversations with clients. And we've, I think as an industry, come a long way from where we were a number of years ago. And it's now becoming, uh, Carlene, as you mentioned, it, it's becoming a more natural process. And for you too, Jim, and storytelling wrapped around digital examples is a great way to make it meaningful. And as, as we think about how far we've come, let's keep looking at the future. Uh, you know, what's right around the corner is 20, 23, believe it or not, uh, it's going to be October uh, this weekend. And so, Carlene, in, in Q4, you know, everyone's thinking and building a blueprint for next year. Uh, managers and the company, they're looking for common ground. 
on the overall budget for the cluster. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you're looking at this process from two points of view. Uh, what do you personally want to accomplish in the next year? And how do you balance that with the company expectations that might be part of your goals? So uh, speak to that for a little bit, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I would say that my personal goals are related in two really key areas, and it's customer retention, because yes, I have had some customers that I've worked with for more than 10 years, and then new business, because I am as realistic as anyone else is that there are going to be changes and, you, you know, you may have a, a change with a business, a change in ownership. I've worked with multiple owners at the same business. I've worked with multiple clients at the same business. I've gone through um, changes in the business name, so on and so forth. And that's why I can't always rely on existing business. And yes, that new business is the lifeblood and is one of my biggest goals. And from my perspective, I love learning about businesses and categories. And so personally, I like to get one business within key categories and really become a category killer, um, really give everything that I have to that business so that when I am putting together copy, it is copy for them. When I'm coming up with ideas, I am not taking a proposal and, you know, mass producing it and sending it out to four of the same category competitors, etc. I really like to focus new business in specific categories or sectors. And, and I think these are really realistic goals. You've got to hold on to existing business and you've got to get new business. And I, I can only use the past, uh, even with everything that we've gone through over the last several years, as an indicator, but definitely not a predictor of what 2023 will be like, because I do think 23 is going to be a very unique um, and challenging year just right now, based on current inflation, that dreaded supply chain. Um, I will throw politics into the mix as well as, you know, the continued automotive slowdown. But if you think about it, many radio stations and myself, um, billing was attributed to a good portion of automotive. And somehow or another, we've all managed to adapt without a huge percentage of automotive billing within the last couple of years. So kind of that third thing is I've got to be adaptive. I've got to roll with the punches. There are format changes in the market. There are competitors coming in. There are hosts that are going to be leaving. You've got to be realistic. And I found that one of the most effective things that I can do in terms of budget planning, you know, Alec, we used to do this. You want to sit down and go over each account. You want a collaboration. So you want to come up with ideas. Where can they grow their business? What can we do to help them grow their business? It's not about selling them more. And so if helping them grow their business means adding another station, um, maybe it's a major stop, a sponsorship, adding digital like we had just uh, talked about to their annual, even an endorser um, endorsement, um, which, of course, you know, now the word is brand ambassador, a content creator. Um, but just looking at where we can go in 2023 with that business. And remember, I said I can I consider a client, anyone that I may have touched, whether it was an email, snail mail, in person, a couple of meetings. So I'm looking to 2023 to still be responsive to those individuals that we haven't even, you know, gotten them on air. 
so to speak. So it's, you know, it's a really exciting time because it's new. You're looking at a new year, new opportunities. It's an exciting time. It's true. Look, we all know that when challenging times come, you know this, we like to focus on how hard it is. Oh my God, this is going to be terrible. Oh, what the new year is going to be. But other businesses meet the same challenges that we do. They need solutions. They need us. That's a blessing. It's the bright spot that's coming. Jim, how do you approach 2023 planning and what new expectations for success do you want to add to next year that could be a part of everyone's goals? Well, I certainly want to just continue with my knowledge base of continuing to present clients with great opportunities because again, if you if you get people, if you find the right people and you have the right plans in place, you can just work magic for businesses. I'd say before any budgeting has taken place, I try to have a, a real clean mindset and say, okay, what sort of have a figure in mind of okay, my overall budget number, you have that number, you've done some research there, and then really work backwards to achieve it. The number will obviously be an increase over where I think my book of business will finish this year, because obviously now this process has already started. Take a look at who's returning, who is likely gone, figure out what I can do to to make that list a very small one, drill down then and figure out how many calls and what kind of outreach is needed to achieving the new business I need to do to meet my overall metrics. And, you know, research during the second half of the year is really paramount to figure out who those new clients are going to be based on the leads I'm cultivating now. Um, It's not like I can call January 5th and immediately get them on the air or get them involved in digital. Uh, I have to be making those calls for appointments and CNA beforehand and really start working those now so they actually would be in place for 2023. Um, You know, I like to have all that done. If I have a good game plan before I ever sit down with management for budgeting, I will be in my mind close to believing that that number is achievable. But then is where I believe the synergy really, um, that is what's most important then as uh, Carlene was talking about is taking a look at the specific accounts. And I think that's done very well with a mentor, you know, a sales manager, your general manager to sit down and collaborate on ideas, collaborate with heck program directors in the building to think of great ideas for specific clients and really see how that growth can take place and really be idea based rather than, okay, I want them to spend 10% more, 20% more. That kind of takes care of itself if you're introducing them to new concepts and new ideas. So I really think it's it's figuring out the analytics of it all and then figuring out account by account how you make that happen and where you're going to fish for new clients. Oh, you hear how there's so much that goes into looking at perspective. We always include a last formal question to these podcast episodes for our roundtable guests. So this question is for both of you. I'll start with Jim. Can you please share one idea that can help anyone on the sales team generate additional dollars that have worked for you, an idea that's worked for you that could be good for now? 
Well, this is a bit of a generic one, and it's about as old school as they come. But, you know, I have to say, first of all, putting my management hat on for a moment, there are so many people that we ignore that have potential, even some of the accounts that were on the air a long time ago. Maybe there had been changes in those accounts, but I just look at it and say, hey, take 10 to 15 people on your list that are inactive, that you haven't touched in a while, but you think they have potential. Send them an unsolicited commercial idea or a spec spy, a digital idea that they haven't done before. It can be something relatively simple like boosted social post, video display, with just a quick explanation and see who bites. And that goes back to what I was talking about is, you know, the, you don't catch the fish that you don't cast and, you know, cast the lure for. Um, with email, especially social posts can make a nice visual that they can grab onto, just like in the old days, a spec spot would do when you're trying to get someone over the air. So to me, throwing some ideas out there, just start a conversation. I mean, I guarantee you, you do that with 10 or 15 accounts. By the end of the month, if you don't have a couple of new accounts, at least you've started a dialogue with someone who was dormant before. And as Carleen says, hey, I may not get that person on for six months. It may be a year, but I've started that process back. And I want them to think of me when they need help. Such an important answer. And Carlene, what about you? Please give us an idea you can share to help generate additional dollars for somebody on the sales team. Absolutely. So I like to give my customer options. So I'm I'm actually going to roll out a few ideas here. So, um, you know, what? I'm going to tell you that very similar to what Jim said, when you put your proposal together, add something to it, like maybe 10% more than what you suggested or what they even said as you had your meetings, what they wanted to do. So it could be a banner on your station sites, maybe some type of ongoing sponsorship, um, maybe even adding some commercials to another property or that station. So I want you to think of it as upsell without upselling. And yeah, it's going to benefit you but it really, really benefits your customer. I mean, there is so much research that shows that just adding just one additional platform, whether that be another radio station or some display ads gives so much better results. And kind of as a, I guess this would be 1.A in terms of ideas, um, put it together as an annual or through the end of the year. So one of the things that I think is the key to my overall success I approach every client as if they are an annual advertiser. So depending upon the time of year that I start working with them, it's either going to be annual or through the end of the year. And one of the things that we kind of touched on is that selling your value. And the greatest differentiator, and when people say, well, that's just like the other property, that's just like the other station, you, you know, everybody's the same. Well, the greatest differentiator an emotional connection that you can offer that no one else can is absolutely you. So you're gonna let your, your client know, and we don't always remember to do this in a proposal. Recap, let them know, what are you gonna be doing when they sign off on this? How are you gonna be handling their account? And I really found that so many people only put together maybe two or three weeks at a time. Please, major idea, long-term business, and this one might sound a little minor, but give everything a name. 
Make sure your proposal has a name, a title, a purpose, a why, an objective. Really, really important. And okay, so finally, this next idea is more about saving money, saving time, protecting yourself, your company, and your customer. And it's three of the greatest words I ever learned from one of the best people I have ever worked with, and that is Alec Drake. And when Alec introduced me, he he mentioned my mantra, marketing is the sum of all the parts. Well, Alec's mantra, he may not even know this, was terms and conditions. And those are literally three of the most powerful words you can ever use. Without them, you open yourself up to lost business. Um, difficulties with a relationship, unpaid invoices, that miscommunication. And you're also going to end up spending so much time, whether it's going back through a series of emails or even trying to remember. But if you put it in writing where that sign off is on that annual proposal, terms and conditions, what do you expect of them? When is that payment due? Break out how how much each month is going to be. I know a lot of people do a proposal and it's got a grand total on it. I break out each month. I want to have these conversations as they're signing off. Okay, great. I know how much each month is going to be. I'm going to pull money from this area. I can make this happen. Um, What do they need to provide? Is there even a specific deadline in terms of digital? Because I don't want to sell somebody video advertising. And if in this case, there's going to be a charge for video production, I need to have that in writing. If we are um, expecting that they're going to send us a produced video, you know, produce video will be sent by such and such date, terms and conditions. You know, even in the case of an endorsement where there's live commercials involved, put in your terms and conditions what happens, let's say, um, in the event a host is uh, off air, a recorded commercial will run in its place. I mean, terms and conditions. All right, Carlene. The greatest idea I can ever give anybody. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Carlene, for uh, the accolades and for the uh, for the reference. You're exactly right, uh, especially when you're going into 2023. You're looking at your long term clients. Uh, those terms, conditions become very, very important. As you can hear, uh, the Encouragers Radio Rally podcast is designed for anyone in radio sales at any level to gain insights from all sides. Our Q1 2023 show is on the drawing board and will be released with an expected date of January 12th. And as you can see, we like to be armed with on the ground sales experts and management expertise to participate in our roundtables. Folks who are doing the work right now, sharing tips and inside advice and ideas to improve your revenues. You might ask, how do we select these experts? Well, it can start with you. Nominate your pick to be a guest expert by emailing us at ford at rainmakerpathway.com or you can email me a drake at drakemediagroup.com. On the encouragers, our entire purpose is to encourage you. You can see that this isn't just for our consultant clients only. We're not doing that. In other words, we're opening ourselves up to the whole industry. Our goal is to be helpful 
and encouraging to your career. Every Monday, we produce a regular show with guests from all areas of broadcast. So you never know what it's going to be unless, of course, consult our schedule Uh, and it related feels to radio. That's what this is. It's called the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and it's all about radio. It's available on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast today. Alec, do you have any final questions for our roundtable? Well, I do have one more. Um, you know, no one can predict the future, but we like to look at what is happening in our business. And we've talked about that a little bit tonight, that obviously change is going to be constant. Uh, and we like to try to anticipate challenges and opportunities at the same time. So, Jim, I'll start with you. What does your perspective suggest for 2023? And, and what will that look like in your specific market? Well, I have to say that I'm cautiously optimistic about our Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point triad market here. Um, the area's industries are diversified, so I don't see anything out of the ordinary that would affect this market significantly other than the the same things that have affected, you know, everyone across the country. I think the past year has been a real challenge, obviously catching up from 2020 and 2021. You know, I had a thought the other day that honestly, as tough as the pandemic was for everyone, I'd like to think that the high achievers before rose to the occasion then. I think after the initial shock back in 2020, many reps took the challenge head on of trying to make things work in a scenario none of us had ever seen in our lifetime. This last year with continued supply chain issues and unrest throughout world markets, as tough as it's been, um, to me has been as tough in its own way. You know, it's almost like with the pandemic, there was nowhere to go but up as far as what we were faced with and now, you know, the trying to catch up. And I think there were a lot of people that other than the folks that were catering to people in their home, home improvement, a lot of those those um, particular areas that did well during the pandemic, as far as retailers and businesses that were more along the home improvement side, um, a lot of people really took some hits. And I'd like to think that more than a few companies and businesses that sat on the sidelines in 21 and 22, uh, you know, they sat on the sidelines to get back on their feet. But I think now that they've weathered the storm and played catch up, hopefully they're ready to take steps to get back in the game. And one of my jobs is to give them confidence in their marketing efforts to do that. And at the end of the day, I may not sell everyone, but I certainly, um, am going to do my best to get in front of as many people as possible with great ideas. And I think people are hungry for ideas. And I think when you give them something, as, as Carlene has mentioned, is really listening to them and, and figuring out exactly what they're trying to achieve. That's when we bring our expertise in and look at all of these great things we have to offer people. We've got more than we've ever had before. And that to me is so exciting, whether it be endorsement, be it digital, be these regular on air. There's just so many event marketing. There's just so many things that we bring to the table. And to me, when I look at all that we have, it just makes me optimistic about 2023, regardless of what the economic conditions are. I just have to, I have to put anything out behind me and say, hey, we're going to make it happen because we've got all these great things to make money for people. 
Good point. Good point, Jim. And and you're right. There's a lot of room to be optimistic because you do provide a lot of <clears throat> solutions and, and opportunities to help clients grow. Carlene, in your case, what, what do you see looking into next year uh, without trying to predict the future? But uh, same sure. question. Yeah. And, you know, my home base is the Dallas Fort Worth market. And although I work in markets across the country, um, I'm also optimistic, but I do see, you know, a continued challenging path ahead. But you know what? It's a path nonetheless. And we have been through, like Jim has said, my gosh, pandemic, lack of inventory on products, staffing issues. And ultimately, we are all still here. And I think one of the most exciting things that I see along that path is a resurgence in a, a real sense of community. I really get that feeling that local will matter more than ever. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I, how it also really means something to consumers. So that for me is a real chance for the rediscovery of radio, because ironically, it's technology that, that's more than 100 years old, but in the scheme of things is really more new and more adaptive than anything else out there. And um, as I like to say, it's kind of the original mobile media and nothing to download, you know, no, no subscription needed. So um, I'm excited about customers finding radio, whether it's for the first time or getting them excited about what they've been doing. So, you know what, I, I see a chance, just like Jim said, to go back to those previous advertisers, really rebuild because we are still rebuilding. I see category growth with a little bit of return of automotive, but really that growth I see in healthcare, I think financial services, due to changes, again, that we had mentioned, whether it's in the market, whether it's in politics, et cetera, I see financial services. And then one more category that really hasn't been that big in radio is housing. So for me, the big three are healthcare, financial services, and housing, three sectors that I really plan to, again, done the homework, doing the research, but um, ideally will be part of that new business um, as we transition out of 22 and go into 2023. You know, cars have been around for a long time, but a Model A is nothing like the new electric Mustang. I just wanted to point that out when we're talking about radios so old and radio's been around for a long time. Boy, you, just this conversation right here, I wouldn't compare this to something 10 years ago. This is a different kind of radio, and it's set for your customers today. By the way, they say that no good deed goes unpunished. Alec. So we have one more bonus topic and question in your Radio Inc. magazine article this month on sales management. You ask a question that I thought was particularly interesting. Do radio sellers suffer from lead overload? Share with our listeners what lead generation strategies are needed to build a list of prospects. Well, thank you, Lloyd. And, and you're right. No good deed goes unpunished. And uh, but I'm happy to <clears throat> to uh, respond to your question and talk about this for just a minute. Uh, you know how managers and companies strike a balance in gathering leads for customer acquisition and revenue growth has certainly changed. Lead generation has evolved since certainly my early years in sales to a multifaceted process combining 
robust software tools, strategic communication platforms. So, you know, before we try to dive into all of that, let's just step back kind of before we step forward. <clears throat> you know, old school works if you're paying attention and have the time for introductions. And what I mean by that is, you know, my first lead generation experience in radio really entailed walking down the city's main streets, entering any business with a sign out front. Uh, lead generation and prospecting were about knocking on doors and you would introduce yourself to the owner and manager, uh, leave your business card if you missed the decision maker and, you know, jot down a few notes on anything you discovered while in the business and then leverage that information for an appointment in the coming days. I think that still can be practiced in certain situations, maybe in certain size markets. But then we kind of shifted from that old school approach to really a case of too many sales leads. You know, years later, when walking in the door took a backseat to computers and software, lead generation pivoted to these large databases from third-party vendors that were dropped into sales departments with contact information, addresses, and some revenue numbers on their sales. But, you know, as these number of leads ballooned, all of a sudden we developed these formal call-out sessions that were established for sales teams to work through these massive lists. Uh, many times the data quality was suspect and sellers could waste time being human data filters more than they were securing great appointments. So, uh, you know, as the quantity over quality ratio depressed results, lead generation responsibility ultimately returned mostly back to individual sellers. Now, today, with all these complex sales solutions, I think we find a new problem with sellers trying to manage lead generation and time management. Sales teams are constantly acquiring, as we heard tonight, more offerings for their solution toolbox. So these sophisticated solutions make sales more complex due to expanded options and frankly, the training that comes with that. So educating prospects on the value of more offerings is difficult, that takes time. Too many leads actually can stifle a seller's performance. So today, I think we really need to look at the balance in, in leads versus something else uh, that was touched on very briefly, content marketing. You know, everyone agrees that lead generation is essential to fill the top of the sales funnel, and it can determine some impact on top line revenues. But how you manage lead generation and where your leads come from is key to optimal results. Sales teams need training on lead quality as opposed to quantity, and managers can help that. They can shift the emphasis with you know, changes in performance expectations not driven by lead counts. So managers must plan investments, frankly, I think today for content-driven strategies that bring quality leads to the sales team. There's an urgent need for a full-time content manager in sales departments to educate prospects coupled with robust kind of inbound marketing tools you can do a better job of generating qualified leads. You know, we've got content managers in another department in the building called the programming department. Uh, and I think sometimes we miss the opportunity, certainly there in sales. In, in closing, you know, Ford, you mentioned the Mustang, Lloyd, and I appreciate that for the segue. <laughs> uh, Ford Motor Company spent millions of dollars branding the phrase quality is job one. Uh, you know, outside sellers do need more leads do not need more leads. Instead, the focus should be on quality leads so that they can protect the time required to get the appointment, identify the needs, and provide the right solution for a close. You know, this is truly a case of less is more. Alec, I want to thank you for helping us put this event together and sharing your expertise with us. 
I get excited doing these quarterly events with you and look forward to the Q1 show. We're already looking forward. And write this down, January 12th, 2023. You'll need to learn you know, a whole new year. Here it comes. A special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. And thank you to our exceptional and gracious guests, Carlene Swenson from Cumulus Media, the cluster in Dallas, and Jim Ferris from the Odyssey Cluster in Greensboro, North Carolina, for being our frontline sales experts and content partners for this Q4 podcast. Lloyd, as you mentioned, we have planned January 12, 2023 for the next quarterly sales rally on the Encouragers. We're in the process of securing guests for our next roundtable. So if you have suggestions that would like to participate in a future event, please reach out to Lloyd at rainmakerpathway.com or me. Uh, you can find me all day long at alecdrake.com. Of course, uh, we want you to please, please share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio, radio, and oh yeah, sales. Our podcasts are available all the time on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Thank you for being a part of our quarterly sales exclusive event with the encouragers. Until next time, please remember, if you don't remember anything else, be kinder than you have to be. As the winners say, good selling.